Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. On this week's episode, we are discussing the brand new Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore trailer. Woo woo! Woo! And if you're new to MuggleCast, well, welcome. We're your Harry Potter friends. Nice to meet you. Make sure you're following the show for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode because we do release a new episode of MuggleCast every Tuesday. Each week we're talking about Fantastic Beasts and of course the rest of the Wizarding World as well as the fandom. And also follow us on social media. We're MuggleCast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And while we are looking forward to having a lot of fun today, we just wanted to acknowledge the very sad situation going on in the Ukraine. Uh, We encourage all of our followers to stay informed about the situation over there. We love our community, and we hope to remain a safe place for all of our listeners. Most important of all, we're wishing for the safety and security of all who are affected. We know that we have listeners in the Ukraine and the surrounding countries, and we're with you. We hope the show can provide a little bit of light during this dark time. Absolutely. So with that, let's get to the trailer today, and I just want to start by establishing something important. Everybody this time is looking at the YouTube version. There's going to be no discrepancies between are you looking at the TikTok version, the YouTube version, the Twitter version, the Facebook version? So everybody's timestamps should be in sync. Wait, so I shouldn't be on LinkedIn right now, Andrew, is what you're saying? No, the LinkedIn version- The LinkedIn version is not what we're using today. So when we call out a timestamp, we are referring to what we're seeing in the YouTube version. There were differences between what we saw on the Twitter versus the YouTube version. That's the only reason I bring that up. Two seconds. I may have used Twitter to begin with. So there might be a slight discrepancy, but we'll figure it out. I Uh I have faith in this. Oh, no. You can deal with it. You can figure it out. I'm not not looking. (laughs) So what we're going to do today is just go basically in order of what happens in the trailer. So that should make everything as easy as possible. The trailer opens with Harry Potter Dumbledore, Michael Gambon Dumbledore, saying that memory is everything. Without it, we are blind. Without it, we leave the fate of our world to chance. Is this a new line? Honestly, that crossed my mind too, but it it, it it's no. must be from Half-Blood Prince, right? Yeah, I remember it being actually from the Half-Blood Prince trailer. I don't know if it was actually in the movie, but I definitely remember it being in the trailer. I found myself wondering when I saw this, uh, because this is not the first time we've seen an allusion to older Dumbledore, particularly from this point in Half-Blood Prince. Is this a heavy hint that recovering memories will play a role in this movie? I'm thinking specifically of a scene that comes a little bit later in the trailer where it looks like Grindelwald is extracting a memory from Yusuf. Right. We've talked about that scene before. I find that to be a really optimistic theory that this whole Michael Gambon is Dumbledore (laughs) thing directly ties into the plot of the film. That's very optimistic. For me, I feel like it's a pitiful attempt to get that Harry Potter connection going. Like we've been talking about ever since Crimes of Grindelwald marketing campaign, people confuse everyone, like tie it to Harry. That's Mm -hmm. the only way it's going to sell tickets. So Michael Gambon's appearance and his voice in this trailer speaks to me of sick desperation. Um, (laughs) But I love the idea. I love the idea that it could be because memory will be a part of this plot, like an important 
plot yeah. point. I'm just trying to be optimistic. I I didn't I didn't know how it was going to work. I think that's a great idea. I was like, yeah, why is because otherwise it's just like Dumbledore is telling the tale that happened to him 60 years ago. It's like you know, maybe the, the movie opens with Gambin around like a, a fire that you know, just like, let me tell you the story. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I don't no, think it'll no, be anything like that. I don't think, like think that. it's When I be was like sexy, that. let me tell you. <laughs> they used to mm-hmm. call me Dumbledam. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, I mean, I really tried. I mean, trust me, I have a lot of questions and, and we will get to them. But I tried to go in this into this sort of like with an open mind because we've been pretty open on this show about how uh, Crimes of Grindelwald was not an ideal movie, putting it diplomatically. Convoluted mess? Yes. And I'm afraid that I'm seeing some similar themes in this trailer, but I'm also trying to note where there might be some room for optimism. So that's my approach for today's discussion. We'll see how it goes. I like the (laughs) open-mindedness. I do too. I think that this, you know, I come out out of the gate really strong, but I think overall the trailer is really exciting. It is a successful trailer. It really makes it seem like this is this movie's going to be fun. I've watched it about 50 times now and just going through in in much more detail than I think I did for the first trailer, but to go off of what each of you said, I think the nostalgia factor isn't just with Michael Gambon as Dumbledore, it's Hogwarts. It's that damn Quidditch player who looks like Harry Potter flying through the grounds of Hogwarts. <laughs> why do we need that? I'm sure I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, oh, that's why we needed it. But honestly, to no. me, it's a pull-in. It's the a plot pull-in. is going to center all around that guy. No, We're no, going to no. know that guy's name by the end of <laughs> that this is, film. That I'm is curious. an establishing shot when they it return is. to Hogwarts at some point in the movie. It won't be relevant. No, they did the same thing in Crimes of Grindelwald. They showed the Quidditch pitch for I know. like three seconds. I know who it is. It's Tina. Oh, <laughs> that's Tina. Tina. That's she's where playing she is? on the Quidditch yep. team. She's just been playing Quidditch at Hogwarts the whole time. We got a theory about Tina uh, from one of our listeners, James. I'm on board with it. I'm 100 <laughs> percent on board with it. We're we're gonna get to it next week, though. Next week, we're just not gonna have time uh, today, but we will tackle it because it's wild. Michael V on Patreon just said, "I am so hopeful for this movie to be great." But I am so scared it will be as convoluted as Crimes of Grindelwald and mark the end of the series. I feel like this is a very exciting trailer. Can the movie still be like a downward spiral for the franchise, do we think? I don't think so, because as we've brought up before, we have noticed, and it's at the end of this trailer too, Fantastic Beasts. Screenplay by J.K. Rowling and Steve Clovis, based on a screenplay by J.K. Rowling. Your story by J.K. Steve Clovis took one look at J.K. Rowling's screenplay, said, Joe, I hate this. He went file new, doc, and he started from scratch (laughs) with J.K. Rowling. They rewrote this entire darn thing. So I am optimistic that this is going to be a lot better of a movie than Crimes of Grindelwald was. The only other thing I'll say about the Michael Gambon appearance at the top of this trailer is that I hope it's setting up an eventual Ivana Lynch appearance. Uh, Wizarding World present day, talking about her great-grandfather, Newt Scamander. That would be cute. And the movie, the final, the fifth movie ends with her, like, again, sitting around a a fire and just being like, and that's the story. You know, are you thinking of The Hobbit when at the start of The Hobbit doesn't 
Bilbo yeah. or somebody yeah. introduced. Ian Holm or, you know, yeah. yeah, Ian Holm shows up. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise there is a capitalist corporate reason for Michael Gammon appearing in this and not a story purpose of him appearing in there. Like that's that's the dividing line. I here. really don't think you're going to get Michael Gambon in the actual movie. No, it's no, not in the movie. I don't I don't think <laughs> that's happening. But the other thing I just wanted to mention too going off of what you said, Laura, the memory aspect of it, not just the extraction of the memory from use of comma, but what appears to be a very reminiscent kind of half-blood prince pensive scene that and even going back further than half-blood prince, we obviously saw it Order of the Phoenix Goblet of Fire like that whoosh that you get. And this was, which I know we're going to talk about the scene in the cafe between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but that whole effect happens at the very end of their conversation. And it leads me to believe perhaps that is also a memory that's being looked back at. That's a really yeah. good as well. call out. I think that's yeah. a good observation. I also think that we are going to be going back in time and seeing that fateful duel where Ariana died. So I think that is really the memory that is being referenced here. That's the yeah. biggest one of them all. Sure. Yeah. Do you but think we're going to get it? It also says secrets. <sighs> it's not. It's not singular. Yeah. Right. Well, Dumbledore's got a lot of secrets. The worst thing that any film title can do is undeliver underdeliver on its like in its plot, like Crimes of Grindelwald. What were the crimes of Grindelwald? We don't know. So what were the secrets of Dumbledore? When we come out of this movie, we're going to know hopefully what some of them are and not just be led like the carrot in front of us of like, well, that guy's probably got a lot going on. Um, I want to know what they are and whether we get a flashback of Ariana because that actress is coming back like they cast Aberforth. Now is as good a time as any to actually give us that. I'm just still hung up on will it be a flashback or will it be a David Yates flashback, which is to say bright light, some music and one or two words tops and a dance. Um, and a dance and a montage like no i want a full I like the flashback montages, sequence but the flashbacks are just awful all right so, so go ahead Blair. oh i was just gonna say like another you could call this a crackpot theory but it was just something that occurred to me they are using the snitch a lot in these trailers and given we know dumbledore and grindelwald when they were young they sought to find the deathly hallows in their youth we know the Resurrection Stone ends up being inside a snitch. Oh. Is this a hint that we're going to hear more about the Deathly Hallows in Secrets of Dumbledore? I feel like we were... Yeah, because weren't they using the Deathly Hallows symbol last yeah. movie, two movies ago? The letters, so, the font. Yeah, too. Yeah. Well, and let's not forget, <laughs> this is going to be really weird, because the bonus smuggle cast that we recorded last week was about the alternative titles to the crimes of Grindelwald. And one of them was the master of the elder wand, mm-hmm. yeah. which is that, one of the deathly hallows. Well, that, you know, Dumbledore and Grindelwald weren't together for that long if they were ever together, but their relationship centered around this pursuit of power through the hallows. And so deathly hallows being the seventh and last Harry Potter book who like get to it at the end for Dumbledore and Grindelwald, their story is the deathly hallows. That's their entire relationship together. So that's going to end up being more prominent, I think throughout this series. Mm -hmm. Well, if nothing else, we know the snitch is a good place to hide something small. So maybe the blood pact could be hidden inside Uh, of there. Yeah. Yeah. Would it fit in that thing? I don't know. The blood pact looks larger than the snitch. 
Oh, maybe. Oh, that's true. I, I There is a shot of Dumbledore kind of like juggling the snitch or grabbing it. It looks pretty small to me. Yeah. It's like fits in the palm of your hand uh-huh. type deal. And the blood pact is like a little bit too long for well, that, now, I think. But magic. Well, Laura, you have me really thinking now because I'm going back to Deathly Hallows and thinking of the things that were left in Dumbledore's will to the trio we see not just the snitch in this tra- trailer, we see the Deluminator as well being used at one point. So yeah. I wonder, are we going to see the tales of Beetle the Bard as well? <laughs> Maybe. You see all those Horcrux books? <laughs> the Invisibility Cloak? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so speaking of the Blood Pact, we see something that is wrapped around Dumbledore's hand at about 13 seconds into the trailer. And then we get a very similar shot. It's a wider shot at about 144, confirming that this is actually the blood pact that's kind of wrapped around his hand. It kind of goes up his arm a little bit, Mm. but it's done in a very similar manner to, if you remember in Half-Blood Prince, when they do the unbreakable vow uh, between Narcissa and Snape, it's kind of like that same woven nature to it. So I wonder if that's kind of a tip of the cap to fans that the, the Blood Pact has kind of a very similar nature to it that the Unbreakable Vow does. I think so too. When you've made as many movies as they have set in this world, there's that visual language that they can just, they can rest on the laurels of what they've done before by saying, we've got this situation where these characters are intertwined. How did we show that? Well, how did we show that before? And then they can use some of the same, some magic looks the similar, like there's that visual language of what memories look like and don't look like, which is why in the last trailer, it was very clear what was happening between Grindelwald and Yusuf, even though it was an extreme close-up um, from like over one of the characters' shoulder. So yeah, I just think it, at this point, we've become accustomed to like seeing and like understanding. I think the people who made this trailer know that we would kind of intuit some of what the certain magic is even if we don't know what it is we've seen it before the necklace kind of wrapping around his arm multiple times and then crawling up his hand i think it also just sort of symbolizes the grasp that this Mm -hmm. pact has on him yep i I like it from that angle alone but i I like the unbreakable vow idea too i mean the big difference between the two of course is that this is a physical thing whereas the unbreakable vow it's like it's not yeah Yeah, you can't see it but it's there it's in a I guess I just wonder if there are any differences between the two apart from the physical aspect of it. I mean, if they essentially perform the same function, why have two? Like, I feel like there has to be something that differentiates a blood pact from an unbreakable vow. And hopefully we find out what that is in this movie. Maybe yeah. one you can break, and the other you can't. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you can. One you can break without dying. Yeah, so many questions. It also <laughs> reminds me of the when the uh, Horcrux locket uh, closes around Harry's neck when he's under the water. It, it squeaks me mm. out a little. So moving forward at the twenty-four second mark, and by the way, we're going to skip the scenes that we saw in the last trailer repeated in this trailer. I was actually surprised by how many scenes are in both trailers. At first, I was like, is there even much to talk about after watching it the first time? Because I felt like we had already talked about most of it, but we found plenty of stuff, trust me. So at the 24-second mark, someone comes to what looks like the Hogshead Mm. and uh, approaches Albus Dumbledore, 
And I think it's the hog's head just because it kind of looks it's got a closed sign out front. And um, it's not as like worn down as it is in Harry Potter. You know, it's still kind of relatively new bar, I would think. So, you know. Yeah. But I agree with you. It is the Hogshead. So that's kind of interesting. So he's there to talk with Albus is there to talk with Aberforth. I initially did not recognize who this woman was who was coming to Dumbledore telling him that she needs to tell him something about Grindelwald. This, Micah believes, and I think he's right, is McGonagall. We saw McGonagall in Crimes of Grindelwald teaching at Hogwarts. Yeah. And now she's hanging out in Hogsmeade and approaching Albus to share some news about Grindelwald. I don't think this shot suggests that she has a significant role in this movie, but they're doubling down on inserting McGonagall into this franchise. We have spoken about this before. Canon-wise, this doesn't really check out. She may be too young to in Harry Potter to be in Fantastic Beasts. Any thoughts on McGonagall? I thought it was pretty obvious because of the accent. Like it, mm-hmm. it felt very much like she was trying to mirror Maggie, or maybe not even trying. She just has a similar accent to Maggie Smith, and um, she looked a lot like, and I, I believe it is the same casting from the last film. Um, she looked a lot like that. So that's immediately who I thought it was. And that just came off to me as fan service or like an attempt at fan service. Yeah. It's like, look, one of your faves, Albus is no. bestie. Like, you know, usually, usually that, that accent rings alarm bells in my head and they go off, but they didn't go off this time. I missed it. Like, I think you're right. Like, yeah, there's definitely I think it was hard to says, catch. Albus- yeah, but it, usually the trailer, if they were trying to do well from all the other instances in this trailer where they do that, I didn't catch like, uh, by the way, because otherwise he would have said, thank you for disturbing me, Minerva, uh, or something like that. You know, like, it's fine, Minerva. How amazing would it have been if we saw a, a uh, Harry Potter era McGonagall <laughs> flash oh, across God. the screen? It's, so fans it's all the recurring staff yeah. just reflecting. Yeah. yeah. Look, think- casual Harry Potter fan. Look, it's McGonagall. Yeah, but. No, but I think that would have been the time to do it in the trailer. We've we've already gotten the surprise from the last movie. Why wait? Like like because to me, like I'll be honest with you, Andrew. Until I went back and watched it a couple times, I had no idea who that was. So Laura, kudos to you on <laughs> recognizing her. I wouldn't remember her from the last movie. Being completely yeah. honest, like I think it was dropping so her name would have been a good move. Yeah. Well, I don't think it really matters in the context of the trailer. And I still don't think she's going to have a big role in Fantastic Beasts. This is fan service, like Laura said. I will also note, and I just realized this, she is, it's dark, so it's kind of hard to tell, but she's wearing what looks like an emerald dress. And if you go back and look at McGonagall and Harry Potter, she's wearing green emerald quite a bit. So that might be another connection. Yeah, through the entire first movie. First movie, I'm seeing movie four. She's wearing green. Now, if she would have just shown up as a cat, we would have known who it was. <laughs> now, that oh, would have God. been great. <laughs> They'll just and take the, the same talks. effect from the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> so then skipping to 28 seconds, we see a phoenix flying to Credence. He's on a cliff. I, I guess he, it looks like he's at Nurmengard. Yeah. And... I don't know, Laura, you kind of had a thought about the phoenix here. Yeah, so we see this phoenix a couple of times in the trailer, and I'm wondering, it, it looks like it's on fire, it's burning. Um, is this phoenix molting 
as Dumbledore referred to it, aka is it about to begin its death and rebirth cycle, which might symbolize things to come for Credence. Mm, maybe maybe Credence gets a chance at redemption. I think you're right. It does look like it's molting. Yeah. There's like there's almost there's embers flying off of it. Yeah. I I, th- I think that we're going to learn as these films go on that there's not just uh Phoenix birthday and and you know flame day. There's going to be many uh days in between where they just shed cool looking embers everywhere they fly. It's just like fire yeah. oops, you know, accidentally well, set. Remember in Chamber of Secrets when there's a period of time where Harry is noting that Fox is looking a little bit decrepit. I don't think that's the word that he used, but yeah, Dumbledore, I think, referred to it as molting. And then finally, one day, Fox burst into flames and Harry was traumatized. I love that so much. So maybe. Sir, your bird, it, it just caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and about time to <laughs> so Do you think we might get a phoenix battle, like a battle between two phoenixes? Not uh, metaphorically that'd be speaking. Kind of cool. Oh, metaphorically speaking. No, no, no not metaphorically. Oh, I'm not, not talking about Albus and Credence. I'm talking about Fox and. Oh, those two might fight too. Did you see some of the shots in the trailer, yeah. Albus and Credence? Yeah, I don't know that it. Um, yeah, we really didn't like think to name the phoenix in the crimes of Grindelwald because we weren't sure if it was a real phoenix or if Grindelwald was playing a trick, transfiguring another baby bird to make it look like a phoenix to g- gain Credence's trust. I remember we talked about that at some point, but now it does look to be a phoenix. And if it is a phoenix, why wouldn't it be Fox, who eventually will go to Dumbledore? Yeah. Mm. And what's interesting, you know, this idea about maybe there being a battle of phoenixes. I don't know how much there is to that, but I will say that between imagery for the trailers and the new posters that have come out recently, that figurine of the phoenix that we see uh, is shown in each place differently. In the teaser trailer, it was like a splash of water. Remember, we were analyzing like, oh, is that to do with the prophecy about the the eagle soaring out of the water or something like that. Mm, yeah, and on yeah. the posters, the it's fire. So I don't know if that means something <laughs> or not. It, it might not mean anything. Well, four years ago, they thought water looked really cool. And now they're thinking <laughs> fire looks really fire cool. Fire is in. What's trending fire, right fire. now? <laughs> fire. I think it also has to be noted that this phoenix does appear to be cool with hanging out with Credence. So I think that has to say something about this bird being legitimate and well, maybe yeah, Credence being a Dumbledore of some sort. That too, that too. Yeah, but I mean, even uh, going back to what Richard Harris's Dumbledore says, they're very loyal creatures. Um, so the circumstances by which this phoenix will, if it's Fox, join Dumbledore eventually is very interesting to me. Um, in addition to that Dumbledore backstory that he goes into in Crimes of Grindelwald about his family's tie to them. Mm-hmm. Credence also, it has to be said again. I know I, I brought this up at least once before. Credence with the longer hair, new movie, new do. Every he's movie, he's got a new hairstyle. Some people said he's looking a little too close to Sirius or Snape. Some yeah. people think maybe they're trying to go for like a Snape vibe or a bad boy. A serious vibe. Yeah, bad, sad boy. Are they just trying to say something about the passage of time? Like, do we know, have we heard definitively what year this movie takes place in? No, 
That's a good point. How it, long? It, there really needs to be a time jump at this point if this franchise wants to get to 1945. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking like we're seeing changes in design for Grindelwald, obviously, but also for Queenie. And I'm just wondering if based on that, based on Credence's change in appearance, maybe it's intended to suggest that a significant period of time has transpired. They're trying to distance themselves from movie two. <laughs> Maybe part of a bonding exercise was Queenie and Credence just changed their look. They did like a makeover night <laughs> um, to get to know one another. And this is actually a week after Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> so at the 32nd mark, Grindelwald is holding a rally and he says that our war with the Muggles begins today. And what's also interesting here is that we see Newt seemingly walking into this rally. And he's got a suitcase with him. And I do just find it a little odd that he's just like casually walking in to this rally. It doesn't seem appropriate. But that's how the last movie ended, too. With them. Yeah. And so this makes me wonder if this is the end of the movie. That scene. I had a few scenes in this trailer where I was like, I wonder if that's going to be like the last shot. Like Jacob asking if he could keep his wand. I I had the same thought. As you, I think that is the last shot or one of the last shots of the movie. We'll just jump ahead because um, in the background, you see Newt's, Laley, Yusuf, maybe Bunty sitting on the steps of what looks like was the venue where Grindelwald was holding his rally. So I'm kind oh. of assuming this is where, you know, Grindelwald's been defeated for now. And they're all just admiring the view <laughs> of, of the mountains. Because you can see the mountains. In there's front of there's no way for David Yates to end a Harry Potter movie unless it's a principal cast members staring off at scenery. <laughs> um. Exactly. Oh, Jacob's going to throw his wand into the abyss. <laughs> break it in half. He's got to break it, it over. First. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we critique because we love. This wand was fake. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Laura, you brought up a good point. He Newt walked right into the rally the last time too. But I just didn't you learn your lesson, bro? I mean, come no. on. It's a change in strategy for him to say our war with the Muggles begins today because he, as Johnny Depp told uh, a couple people in the second movie, they he doesn't want to harm the Muggles. He's in it for their good, and she's like, this is just totally different here. Yeah. But- I also wonder, though, too, depending on exactly where we are in the timeline, is World War II already underway? And if it is, that could also be another reason as to why Grinwald is choosing to now kind of flip his position. We know that mm-hmm. really deep down, he was never really for the Muggles to begin with. Yeah. But this could just add fuel to the fire. That's a good point. Yeah. It's also reminiscent of some real life, um, you know nefarious historical figures who kind of began their political careers seeming like they were out to, you know, better the lives of everyone, but they didn't actually mean everyone. Um, We know that these stories have relied heavily on that historical context. So I think this will come into play with this film, too. At the 44 second mark, Probably one of the funnier clips in the trailer. Laley Hicks. Remember, this is an Ilvermorny professor played by Jessica Williams, a huge Harry Potter fan herself. She comes to New York to enlist Jacob to help fight. 
And Jacob says, as he's walking into his bakery, I said, I want out and I want out. He slams the door shut in Laylee's face, but then he walks further into his bakery and who's standing there? Laylee. And she says, you do know I'm a witch, right? She just kind of apparated. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, yeah. Jacob yeah. is a mood. He's like, I've already fought in a war. I just watched yeah. my girlfriend go off and join wizard Hitler. Like I'm not, he wouldn't mm-hmm. like, he wouldn't have the historical frame of reference for Hitler at this point. I don't think, but, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he still has experience with that. And I just love his attitude of like, F this, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yep. I- I'm interested to know how she goes about convincing Jacob to return to the cause again because he does seem pretty adamant about the fact that he does not want to get back into this whole wizarding war again so curious what persuades him i also really love if you look uh in behind eulalie there's a, a sign i think it's on one of the counters that says help not wanted <laughs> so he must really be in a mood <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to see that. I hope it's not just played for laughs. Obviously, the sheer utterances that come out of Dan Fogler in this trailer is a reason to watch this trailer. But I really want to see the Jacob that's been burned, basically, by Queenie and the Wizarding World. Because we see the other from other moments in the in the trailers how excited he is to be in the world again. There's clearly a reset that happens. But it's important for me to see that these characters actions in previous movies have stakes that they that there's a natural fallout that Jacob can be upset and be allowed to feel those things that you would naturally feel and not just always be that happy go lucky sidekick buddy to Newt but one of my big questions is why do they need Jacob to begin with i'm actually kind of shocked that really slash dumbledore is enlisting jacob it must have everything to do with Queenie and only to do with Queenie. Yeah. Or Newt. Or Newt's. Yeah, because at this point, Newt and Jacob are the closest. Like, Newt might still be closer to Jacob than he is with his own brother. And so what? It's like if, emotional support? If Newt's in trouble, I think Jacob would want to know. My emotional support muggle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Queenie... Everybody's got one. I got one. Do you got one? <laughs> yeah. You know, there there has been the ongoing theory about maybe Queenie is a double agent. Maybe she's under some kind of spell or potion, going back to the tea drinking scene in the second film. Um, so I could see Dumbledore maybe thinking that Jacob is the link that he needs in order to get Queenie back on the right side of things, whether she's cursed or whether she's legitimately on Grindelwald's side at this point. Just really proud of my emotional support muggle joke. Please clap. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. That was clever. Laura missed. Did you miss it, Laura? I I was thinking about her theory. I was thinking about my theory. I was thinking about my point. I I like it though. Emotional support muggle. Can we get a shirt that says that actually? Can that, can that be like a Patreon benefit? Patreon benefit. Yeah. We probably couldn't sell it. Warner brothers would sue us, but no, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) Or emotional support. Nomage. Ah, (laughs) i bet they haven't trademarked that awful (laughs) word yet what about emotional support baker sure oh that's good that's good yeah they can't sue us for that nope 
pair that with my emotional support pastry. <laughs> so we do get uh, a little bit of playback of the scenes that we saw in the first trailer with Jacob getting his wand. I will say I didn't notice the first time how Pickett kind of also like presents it to him um, when Newt says that it's his. Um, we also get a kind of a cute, uh, what is it, giggle water moment? Mm-hmm. Him. I don't know if he actually drank it or that's just how he laughs sometimes. But uh, then at one minute in, we get kind of a shot of Team Grindelwald, as um, I'm referring to it as. We do see Queenie, but we also see Yusuf. Uh, yeah. And he's he, he's a little bit in the background, but he is there on the right-hand side. And I'm wondering, kind of going back to what you said earlier, Laura, when we see that like that extraction um, from him, his his mind by Grindelwald, is he actually Team Grindelwald, or is he kind of being forced, maybe under the Imperious Curse, maybe otherwise, um, to be fighting uh, for Grindelwald? We know he's from an old family, and old families do have a history of not necessarily being on the good side of things. Yeah, that's kind of been my thought as well. I mean, it feels very much like a Voldemort parallel to be drawn if Yusuf is going to be so easily attracted to the other side. But I've also seen theories that Yusuf is also not doing this of his own free will. Maybe he's cursed as well, assuming that Queenie is also cursed. If we were correct in assuming that the can I keep my wand thing is from the end of the film, didn't you say you spotted Yusuf there, Micah, as well in the background? I think I saw Yusuf at the very end. So maybe if he's with the good guys and that is the end of the movie, maybe there was like a double agent thing going on or maybe he's actually undercover now and we know it, but the characters don't know it by the end of the film. Is Queenie in that scene too? She is, yeah. Not at the very end. Not they're the very all congregating. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think so. Neither is Theseus, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, mm. there could be somebody behind Dumbledore's head. Right. A Theseus-sized head, Elvis has. <laughs> it, it is, though, very reminiscent of the end of the first movie where they're at Hogwarts and we saw, we could see kind of who was in the background there. Yeah. I'm feeling confident it's Yusuf because his hair's kind of pointed up in one direction and that's exactly how it looks in this Team Grindelwald shot at the minute mark. Yeah, that's so Yusuf. Um, yeah, two minutes 38, by the way, is where the uh, end yeah. question mark shot is. Yeah. Also noticing in this Team Grindelwald shot, Grindelwald looks like he just got out of its hustle. His bow tie's undone. His hair yeah. looks like a bit of a mess. There's also a house elf in the background conducting a little um, orchestra, but there's oh. nobody holding the instruments. I guess the house elf is making on the instruments play by themselves in the air. It's kind of interesting. The other thing that just kind of caught my attention that we didn't have in here, but it happens just before it is, there's a group of, I think it's Newt, Eulalie, and Jacob, who are kind of running down a corridor after somebody, it looks like it might be in an office space. Oh, yeah. And then, like, mm-hmm. the door just kind of slides down in front of them. Yeah. Not sure what that is. Definitely. Then they're wearing, like, a fedora, the people that they're following after. Yeah, I wondered if it's, it's the ministry, maybe. Yeah, it does seem like uh, government types. It looks like a muggle building because it's very bland looking. To me, mm. yeah, yeah. Maybe I didn't know it's what to another make country's ministry. You know, we got to see right. the French Maybe. ministry in the last movie. Mm-hmm. 
Brazil's ministry. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. windows. It kind of looks like you can see people working a journalism office, maybe a newspaper maybe. office. At 105, we do get a from J.K. Rowling title card, and we wanted we to bring did. that up. Wait a minute. What? Because <laughs> she wrote this movie? <laughs> How She's was I responsible to... for the franchise? Wait, they what? Were gonna, they were going to pull that over our heads? What? Well, in the, first, in the first trailer, it did say from Warner Brothers. There wasn't a mention of J.K. Rowling, like, uh, nice and big in the middle of the trailer like there is in this one. Um, that is kind of significant, I think, because in the I earlier so. movie trailers, Fantastic Beasts 1 and 2, it did say from J.K. Rowling. Then they hid for movie 3, the first trailer. It was from Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, and now it's back mm-hmm. to from J.K. Rowling. So it, it felt like with this trailer, going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, that they decided to really go all in here from a marketing standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I mentioned this actually just to a, a friend of mine who's a casual kind of Potter fan, and he brought up the fact that a lot of people just don't know what's going on with J.K. Rowling, nope. and so it doesn't have that same level of impact for them when they see you know what we were talking about earlier. They see Michael Gambon, they see Hogwarts, they see somebody who looks a lot like Harry flying on his broom, and then mm. they see from J.K. Rowling like. That's pulling on the nostalgia aspect of this series, and I think that it's in there to try and draw people in, which is unfortunate because they didn't do it before. This trailer is going to play with Batman this weekend, starring Robert Pattinson. It's going to be a very big deal. It's This trailer is for those casual or maybe diehard Harry Potter fans who need to know that a new Fantastic Beast movie is coming and there's going to be a lot of Hogwarts vibes in it. So, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like this is the living embodiment of Warner Brothers sort of like non-statement statement that they put out about J.K. Rowling what a year ago that was basically in response to transphobic rhetoric and saying, you know, at Warner Brothers, we value diversity and we want to continue to champion diverse stories. But it like doesn't say anything about that. I feel like choosing to omit her name from the teaser trailer, but then include it in huge font in the main trailer is just emblematic of where their stance on this has been. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just they my don't know opinion. how to deal with it. Yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to get this show in trouble with WB. <laughs> like it's no. like it's not like she didn't write this movie. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> right, but sometimes I I think there's a case to be made for wanting to back away from J.K. Rowling because it's not a good look for for several reasons and for many different people. So mm. yeah. You know, if you're kind of on the fence about Fantastic Beasts and you and you're annoyed at Rowling's stances, then you see this and you get more turned off by Fantastic Beasts. I think that's the risk they take when putting yep. something up like this. But it I is only one me, second. Yeah, it's one second. For me, I missed it. Uh until we I still until I read the document. I missed that it happened. So Well, speaking of words flying by, the very next shot. At 106 is Aberforth. It looks like he's in the hogshead looking at the back of his bar where there's a mirror. This is the most um, interesting thing about this trailer to me. He's staring at words written on the mirror. It says, do you know? And then W.H. space, 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 I space, S 
space K. It looks like some word, some letters are missing from this statement. So now we have to piece together what the hell are the missing letters. Like, this is a damn Wordle puzzle. <laughs> I know. And also the spacing between the letters is not consistent. So I feel like you could make a case for there being more or less letters missing from the mm-hmm. statement. I feel like it's really open-ended, but I did put together some guesses and I thought we could take a crack oh, at I it today. I love that you took some guesses. Yes. Okay. So uh, my first guess is, do you know where it's kept? Okay. Do you know who's its keeper? Which would be kind of weird grammatically. So an alternative could be, do you know who is keeper? Do you know who is sick? Thinking maybe Ariana vibes. I don't know. And then, you know, for the Titanic scene in the last movie, do you know when it sank? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, that one actually wouldn't shock me. That That's a cool guess, I think. I like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like very you. ambiguous. It's very vague. Do you know where it's kept? Yeah. Yeah. The blood pact, maybe, or the... A memory. Who's communicating with Aberforth? Like, who's asking Aberforth? And, and why is this like... on his mirror in the bar? What and what is it with Aberforth and, and mirrors? mirrors. Yeah. We meet him because ah. he has Sirius's mirror that he gets from Dung that came from Grandma Place. But like another Aberforth mirror mystery? What's going on here? That Man. is, I mean, they just rewriting the books we already read. What's going on here? I have another guess, and this is totally wrong, but. Okay, he's in a bar. The letters we can see are W H I S K. We're just missing E Y for whiskey. Maybe some drunk person Whis- just do you- <laughs> went to write. Do you know where the whiskey is or something like that? Makes that makes sense. No, it's literally yeah. just. Do you know whiskey? <laughs> whiskey is his goat. Oh. Yeah, that's the goat's name. After all this time. I love that. The goat's oh name really gosh. does have to be whiskey now. To me, it's, this it's is canon. like this is like right up there with the Chamber of Secrets has reopened. <laughs> like it's giving <laughs> me that vibe. Uh, okay, so we'll continue to debate what the hell is going on with that. At one oh eight, we get a line from Bunty. She says to Newt, "No one can know everything, not even you." I feel like there's probably some significant conversation being had here, but I have Who no clue is what it is. Bunty, though, to to have all this information, <laughs> she, she was she, a nobody in the last movie. Now all of a sudden, she's like Dumbledore's confidant. Well, that's the thing. Dumbledore elevated her because Newt wasn't needing her for anything, and he was like, "I could actually." Maybe it's that Newt wasn't pliant like he wanted him to be, so he got Bunty to like go deliver all the lines to Newt to manipulate him to help. Bunty him. or Tina. That's for next week's episode. Oh, yeah. That is the theory that was sent into us. Is Bunty actually Tina? Well, what would be the point of that? Have it, just have Catherine Waters didn't come do the movie. Like, um, am I correct that there was no statement from either side saying that Tina or Catherine was not in this movie, and yet she's just been totally absent from everything? And nobody, do we know why? Every Fantastic Beast movie needs at least one good polyjuice moment. So. <laughs> There you have it. Fair enough. And and stage play. Don't forget the stage well, play. How about Grindelwald? How are they going to explain his whole face change? Magic. I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't think they have to explain it, really. Yeah. 
I've I've already forgotten that he was played by Johnny Depp. And <laughs> he he is kind of a master of disguise. Like he spent the whole first movie as Graves. So yeah, exactly. I think it's really smart, by the way, that Grindelwald doesn't have blonde hair in this movie. Like, don't try so hard to look like Johnny Depp's Grindelwald. Just go take it a different direction. I quite like everything I'm seeing of Mads as Grindelwald. Yeah. So at about 113, and I know this may not necessarily be new, but I found this whole Grindelwald sigil to be much more prominent in this trailer uh, than I think I've seen before. So he clearly has a mark. Um, it's like the back-to-back Gs. And mm-hmm. at one point it actually becomes, I don't know if animated is the right word, but you see kind of like, I don't know if it's like a snake coming out of it. Um, we do see it being shot up into the air earlier on in the trailer by some of his followers. But uh, this is clearly like his mark, even though I thought the Deathly Hallows was his mark. So I'm a little bit confused. It's very James Bond villain to me. Uh, It actually reminds me of the double G's uh, used by the villain Gustav Graves in Die Another Day. Hmm. Well, actually, Micah, I'm zooming in and on the double G's on the front of the car. This is a car, right? Or yeah, I think it looks like a hood ornament. Yeah. Yeah. And if you zoom in, I almost feel like you see the Deathly Hallows symbol in between the two Gs. Oh my you're god, right. you're right. It and is. there's a one. There you go. Oh so he's my still gosh. using the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Well, and then and then that was his mark, right? That was what he he graffitied it all over the school. Mm-hmm. Uh he just was obsessed with that mark. And so it's n- nice to see him using it. I think I said it was a snake. It it kind of looks like a dragon and it kind of looks like the beast that we see a little bit later on in the trailer, which I think is a wyvern. Oh, right. So I don't I know if that's say, could, his beast. <laughs> could this be the Antipodean Opali living again? It could <laughs> be. hoping for that. No, it looks like a wyvern. You're right. But you're right, Eric. That car too now is very Bond villain-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he drives a sleek car now. He's like very- <laughs> I bet he doesn't drive. Who drives it for him? Well, actually, yeah, funnily enough, chauffeur? Credence? Mads, it's Credence. It's all of this talk about Die Another Day, but Mads actually played a Bond villain in Casino Royale. Yeah. Yep. He was excellent in that as well. Credence but. totally has the chauffeur hair, come to think of it, in this movie, the longer hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> Just get him some shades and a suit. And the hat. Yep. Definitely the hat. So, okay, speaking of Grindelwald, really interesting scene at 117, Dumbledore and Grindelwald inexplicably are meeting in, a couple of people have said a diner. This doesn't look like a diner to me. This looks like a fine dining restaurant. We'll look at 118, where it looks more like you're in a, uh, like a... I'm still... This looks like a fine dining restaurant to me. Yeah, but in a second, it lights up in flames, and you can see... That the way the booths are set up looks like like a family restaurant. So I can see how it, you know, even Where though do we every think table Dumbledore has likes a... to go Chili's, Applebee's, <laughs> Fridays. Yeah, Applebee's. We're yeah. in here. It's always Friday. <laughs> well, there's a tablecloth on every table. That's probably fine dining. But and I don't know what the customs were in the 30s. Maybe yeah. it's a cafe. But still, when does this happen? Because this is exciting. This is this, this is these two men meeting. And the purpose of these scenes, it's like it's like Charles Xavier meets Bagneto. You know, it's like we're mortal enemies. We clearly have a few more films before we can end one another. But here's my want and here's how you're going to fail. 
that scene is always going to be interesting when it's heralded by actors like Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen. Based on their conversation, this is what led me to believe that this could be a flashback because they're mm. talking about how with or without you, I'll burn the, their world down. I feel like this was probably a conversation that happened in the past as opposed to something that's happening in the present. Because I can't imagine that if Dumbledore is going to try and sit down and have a conversation with Grindelwald after everything that's happened, right? Like, let's Are remember- you sure? Well, no. I, I can't well, be 100% sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what I'm saying. Not like, anymore, though, I don't think. Mm, I guess that's well, debatable. I think, well, I've yeah. seen some theories that these two are actually not meeting in person. This is some sort of Zoom meeting. That yeah, magical got, construct. Yeah, that they yeah, they can get together through magic. In terms of flashbacks, how many years ago? Because they don't look younger at all. That's yeah. fair. That's That was the other thing that I thought about when I saw this scene is that it's not actually happening in person. That, yeah. yeah. To your point, Andrew, it, because if you look at the very end of it, yeah, the way that it wraps up, when after he says flames, the entire scene goes up in flames and Grindelwald completely disappears. And yeah. Dumbledore is left sitting there by himself. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think that Dumbledore, to the point of like still being in love with Grindelwald, he looks in the mirror of Erised and his one true desire is still Grindelwald. So I think that should Grindelwald ever propose like a parlay or like, you know, let's meet and talk about this, Dumbledore would go. And Dumbledore would be dumb enough to go alone. I also saw it noted that, um, according to Rita Skeeter, Dumbledore and Grindelwald never met again until their big duel in 1945. Uh, so this would be the first time canon is contradicted in these movies. <laughs> right. Say, so, what yeah, she you really, gotta, you gotta, how right. does she really know? Yeah. yeah, she could be wrong. I feel like yeah. with regards to Rita Skeeter, I mean, she's a gossip columnist, right? Mm-hmm. So... This could be one area where we could accept a canon contradiction because it could be written off as like, well, Rita Skeeter hated Dumbledore and that entire book was a hit piece. So, of course, everything was wrong. Or it could be possible nobody knew that they met. Yeah. You know, again, if if they're both alone, they're skilled enough wizards that they can escape detection from anyone that they don't want. So I, I think they could have met every night during the war. Who knows? And if it is a virtual meeting, which I still maintain it is, then that would not count really as meeting. Yeah, they got the crew from the Harry Potter reunion to set up a virtual environment for them. Oh, my God. That's a mic drop. The reunion was only proof of concept. Uh Now they can bring it into all their franchises. (laughs) Jumping ahead to 144, we see... Another shot from this Dumbledore Grindelwald encounter where Grindelwald says to Dumbledore, it was you who said we could reshape the world. Boom. Own it. 138. Speaking of encounters, Dumbledore, I think we saw something from this scene in the last trailer. Dumbledore and Credence do appear to be face to face Mm -hmm. or at least face to back. I guess they might be dueling. It looks like it. And in fact, there's a shot. I just got the most fun pause I've ever done of Jude Law holding up like some light and looking like he's about to punch Credence's face. Well, it's the Deluminator. It's at 140. Oh, that's yes. the Deluminator. Yeah, because if you back up another second or two, you see the Deluminator open up. 
Well, and you know, the Phoenix is also flying around in that scene. Like when it yeah. first opens, the Phoenix is landing. So there's all sorts of lights going on. I hope there's a photosensitivity disclaimer at the beginning of this uh, trailer. This this Deluminator scene, I mean, this is really interesting to me. Dumbledore, if you look at him with the Deluminator open, there's a lot of pain in Dumbledore's face. And I look at this and I see him looking at his sister or what he's about to do to his sister, what he's mm. about to do to Credence. Mm. What is he doing with the Deluminator? Taking Ariana out of Credence? Oh, Maybe. God. Oh, Perhaps. that's screwed up. That's deep. Because look at the pain in his face. And then what happens is that it gets very matrixy. That's the word I'm going to use, where it f- you get like, if, if you look at the exterior kind of scenery, it's totally different, right? So it's raining. It's very wet on the ground in the opening shot. And then when it f- kind of flips over, there looks to be snow on the ground. So I'm- Hold on. I'm turning my head around so I can see this properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's snow. Yeah, that's the way you have to watch this trailer. That's the ideal viewing position of watching this trailer. Everybody, look at Andrew. Make an appointment with your chiropractor for the day after you see this trailer. Andrew. Brought to you by Cairo One. I love cinema. Cinema's fun. I don't have to work. <laughs> now, but, I wonder if there's so, some kind of extraction going on here. That's maybe. really weird. Yeah, I definitely got strong like mirror dimension vibes from this. It's the upside down. Yeah. Stranger Things returning this summer. <laughs> Yeah, something. I mean, these are like really key scenes. I bet. I mean, this is like end of the movie stuff. You have to think. I mean, what is? I need to Photoshop this. I just need to take a screenshot and then flip it over. <laughs> are we <laughs> sure that it's credence in both scenes? Um, I think so. Could well, it be you Ariana? Can't, you can't really see who it is in the upside down shot. Could can it be you? Grindelwald? Here's something I also thought was interesting. One forty seven. There's this mountainous region along a river, and there's a there's a hole going through a mountain. The reason I wanted to call this out was because they also released a new poster for Fantastic Beasts today, and mm-hmm. you see this particular location or something very similar to it on the left side of the poster, and there's three locations you see on this poster. This new mystery location. Hogwarts than Nurmengard. So that this new location with the hole through the mountain has to be pretty significant if it can sit next to Hogwarts and Nurmengard. That's really well done, Andrew. It's a great I feel, catch. Yeah. So I maybe this is Credence's hideout, or maybe this is Newt's new like jungle hideout or something, because Dumbledore, Hogwarts, Grindelwald, Nurmengard, Newt, uh, or Tina. It's where Tina's been hiding this whole time. <laughs> there is a light in the cliff on this poster. Ooh, do you think that Dumbledore uses the Deluminator to like mimic Newt's voice and lead Tina back to the fold? <laughs> that seems like How a waste of time. How did she get time. out of the fold? None of this would be happening <laughs> if the characters were allowed to communicate to each other. <sighs> where is Tina? All right. Well, I, so I think this location is going to have some sort of significance to it because I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, I, I think it may be likely where there's a very important beast in this oh, movie. Okay. Be, and I think we're going to get to talking about that a little bit now. I mean, God forbid there are beasts in this film. <laughs> no, we're finally getting to the beasts one hour into this trailer review episode. So I, uh, 
at at 154 a minute 54 seconds i full disclosure i watched this trailer several times and i watched it at 0.25 speed so that i could just like catch little things and i got a screenshot of this thing and i'm like what the heck is this it's some kind of creature standing next <laughs> to grindelwald's bath pool thing uh, to me i thought it looked like a baby festral but i think micah found some information to substantiate this being a different kind of magical beast i'm dropping this picture in the discord too in case people want to see it yeah it it, it does look like a baby thestral also like when i saw it it looked kind of like a like just a very wet newborn calf almost right yeah. like yeah and it may just be wet because it's next to grindelwald's bathtub there yeah <laughs> it got splashed but he splashes it, up. it it appears to be and and i consulted our friends over at speak beastie because oh. who knows better than they do uh Achillin. and Achillin is a magical creature that is found in china it's a close relative of the British unicorn, and it's often called the Asian unicorn. Uh, it's also the same beast that Newt appears to be carrying through the forest in about 147. It's got a little bit of like a sack over it. Um, it's a little bit bigger than that one, though. That's the only thing I'll say. Like the one he's carrying seems to be a little bit bigger than the one in that um, shot right there, but it could also just be the perspective of. I think the this thing looks scene. like a, a goat. Do we think Grindelwald stole? Uh, what was the name of the goat of Aberforth's whiskey. goat? Whiskey. Whiskey. Do we think that this whole movie's a, a hunt for whiskey, and that would tie in the beast? So maybe. Here's a question, though: If Newt is running with this thing through the forest, how does Grindelwald come to be in possession of it? Or does he get his own? Like, are there more than yeah. one potentially? Because we do see. Does is it look like Rosier? who's chasing him and yeah, firing those spells that did at look like Rosie AM. The, the other thing that they shared with us here too is that Achillin appears only for good leaders or emperors. So it makes sense why it would appear during a movie about an election or what appears to be an election. Oh, um, I see. Oh, wow. Okay, that because I was about to be like, what? what does it do? Like, what is its special property that... Totally. Fits. I need to read more about this thing, though. Yeah. yeah what is it? What does it in, allow for whoever is in possession of it to be able to do? Maybe it eats blood packs. <laughs> it just stomps on him. <laughs> yeah. Stomps well, that's, him out. A, that's like a bait. That's a baby, though. Like if you actually Google what this thing looks like, it 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 looks pretty badass, to be honest with you. And that's the difference between a blood pact and an unbreakable vow. One can be eaten by an animal. The other, oh. nothing you can do about it. Sorry. Kind of looks like a cross between Flareon and uh, Spyro the Dragon. Wow. Uh, ever since Laura mentioned you can play videos at 0.25 speed a few minutes ago, I've been doing that and I'm like mesmerized by the slower playback of this I know. Trailer. Doesn't it sound wild? Oh, I don't even have the sound on. It's oh. just the, yeah. the, oh, it sounds horrible. That's like it nightmare fuel. It sounds terrible, but it like, Definitely for like little things, trying to catch little quick snippets of things. If you're wanting to go in as deep on this trailer as we have, I highly recommend it. If you have like two hours to burn at some point <laughs> for a 2.45 minute trailer, it's like watching a, a feature length film is just watching a film trailer on slow mo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 
right after this, we get a little bit more of the fighting we saw in the teaser trailer with Theseus and Eulalie. Presumably on the streets of Bhutan, they throw a couple of orbs at Grindelwald's followers. But what I really found cool is that Theseus does this spell where he essentially like takes <laughs> this guy and throws him into the wall and the guy gets stuck in the wall like he's one of those uh, fat heads that you can just kind of like, have you, have you guys ever seen fat heads before? You know what they are? No. 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 They're like full size posters that you can put on your wall that usually they're of athletes, but they can really be of anybody. Um, so that's what this reminded me of. He he suddenly looks like he's been painted on the wall. Yeah, yeah exactly. That yeah. that wasn't a human. He, yeah, he was kind of like- moving around. You know, this reminds me of the magic. Doesn't Grimson do that in Crimes of Grindelwald? He's like in the wall when he pops out and kills Irma. Um, he's, yeah. He yeah. goes into some kind of, inter-wall realm thing. I don't know how I feel about this magic, but it's definitely something you're trying something new. So that's kind of neat. Wall magic was in in the early 1900s. <laughs> what we're learning. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder what's what's on the other side of that wall or what is within that wall that would allow somebody to be in it. Like, and how does that relate to portraiture in the wizarding right, world? Right, exactly. Ooh. And then it becomes a question of like, okay, we're seeing this like weird mirror dimension with Dumbledore and potentially Credence. And now people live in walls. Could this be like Space Jam 2 where they just bring in all the other I- IP? No, no, please. Yeah. Micah, you got one of your favorite shots, I think, at 202. I did. Uh, we hear Newt say that we're going to need help. And what happens when Newt needs help? Teddy shows up. Uh, Teddy the Niffler. Teddy the Niffler. Yeah, not Lupin. Um, He's a few years away. Uh, But uh, yeah, because we talked about this on our our last recording, which is now going to be an episode in the future, but the Niffler actually got a name. His name is Teddy. And uh, yeah, they show a really cute scene of him charging in Picket riding on top of Teddy with a wine with with a with a wand outstretched, um, huh. and looking like he's carrying the Niffler has a tie in his mouth. Laura, you pointed this out. Yeah, so I was like, "What is Teddy carrying? It looks like a tie or some other kind of fabric with a phoenix on it." And then Micah, I think you found the exact screenshot from this trailer that shows whose tie it is. Yeah, it's Theseus's tie. That is not a good sign. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Is it Theseus's wand too? I wonder if this is like a magical tie, like it has certain things that it does. Because I'm I'm curious now too, looking at the tie, like is it an Order of the Phoenix tie? That's what I was thinking too. It looks like a phoenix almost. Does this phoenix look like the one that was on the book? In Crimes of Grindelwald, that Laylee Hicks flips through ever so briefly. I need to find mm. a photo of that. But no, nobody, I'd have to go back and look closely at the trailer because I was trying to see if there were other members of the quote unquote order that were wearing these ties. But Theseus appears to be the only one that I saw. And I just happened to catch it. 
And that's why I screenshot it and put it in here. Yeah. yeah. What scene no was way. this where he's wearing this tie? It's on the train. Yeah. And it just seems like a bad omen, given the fact that there there is a scene that comes a little bit later on in the trailer. Yeah. Suggesting. That does. He looks like Dumbledore in that scene um, <laughs> when he fell uh, off yeah. the uh, astronomy tower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They that's really. It. That's the second carriage of the astronomy tower of terror. It's going to be Dumbledore <laughs> on one side or you can have Theseus's free fall. On the backside. Oh my gosh, they really did rely on a lot of imagery from the Potter films in this trailer. We're unearthing so many shots <laughs> that look exactly yeah. like the ones from the core Harry Potter movies. <laughs> it's 214 to into 215 where Theseus just like straight up falls. Newt, I guess it's Newt, is holding on to him. But yeah, it's kind of worrisome. Yeah, it looks like they're, we'll talk about this, but it looks like they're battling a manticore somewhere. Mm-hmm where that is it looks like a cave somewhere i really don't know well i'd like to see theseus uh stay survive and get developed over the next three films it's just, you know the characters that we care about like lita really should not be taken from us so soon there's a lot more there that could be explored so i'm looking at this shot i was referencing in crimes of grindelwald where flamel is opening up this very old looking book and he uh, talks to Lely hicks the phoenix does look similar, not exactly the same, but same thing where the wings are up in the air, kind of like what we're yeah. seeing on Theseus's tie. So I think this is the phoenix. We also, um, we'll, we'll get into this more next week, but when Warner Brothers was rolling out character posters for this movie, they introduced the good guys by saying, look at who is in Dumbledore's first army. I feel like that's a reference to, or, to the Order of the Phoenix. I thought maybe the Order of the Phoenix may actually be called out in this trailer. It wasn't, mm. but maybe we'll get that surprise in the movie itself. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to go all doom and gloom on Theseus just yet. I feel like, you know, that tie may have, if in fact it is reflective of the Order of the Phoenix and Dumbledore is in charge, that that tie could have some kind of magical properties. If you look at Theseus actually... In a few scenes just before that, like when he's with Newt, he doesn't have his tie on. So I'm wondering if like the Niffler and Pickett, like, I don't know necessarily what happened here, but it seems like they're retrieving his wand. They're retrieving his tie and bringing it to him. Yeah. And is the Phoenix on his tie gold? Looks like because it, yeah. that would explain how Teddy was able to find it so easily, right? Like if it fell Yeah, or maybe somewhere. he stole it from him. Yeah. Maybe he took his tie off him and he's like, I feel bad. Let's, <laughs> Let's take it back. <laughs> maybe that's his arc. Maybe that's Teddy's character arc throughout the film is he's he's slowly learning that not taking everything that's gilded is is mm-hmm. is okay. So speaking of beasts, not long after this, literally, I think it's the next scene, we get the shot of a beast that we saw in the first trailer, but I don't know that we really talked much about it. And that is the wyvern. Uh, A wyvern is a large, fearsome dragon-like creature, traditionally having two legs, wings, and a serpentine tail. And that's exactly what this beast looked like. Um, And maybe he's carrying Newt because you do see a briefcase at the very end of the tail. uh, tail. Uh, So I'm guessing it's Newt. Weren't there multiple suitcases in one of the trailers too? Yeah. Oh, right. And what's in those dang suitcases? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the secrets of Dumbledore. Suitcases of secrets. 
I've, ladies and gentlemen, I've taken all of my secrets and I've split them into these five briefcases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to hide them around the world for me so no one person can know. Ooh. And Hello, Voldemort. Oh, right. Just after this, I know, Andrew, you said we probably got the biggest moment of the trailer earlier with the mirror, but I would say this is probably the biggest moment because we get Dumbledore and Grindelwald actually dueling with each other. They're fighting each other. So my question is, does this mean the blood pact is broken? Okay, so I'm not sold on them actually dueling. Again, I feel like this is a Zoom call because there is this sort of orb around them in this sequence. And so could this be a memory too? (laughs) I don't know. Why would they be fighting? I don't want to see Dumbledore and Grindelwald duel in this movie. Because you're worried it'll just be too repetitive by the end of it? Yeah, yeah. I want the big duel only. And again, this orb is really making me suspicious of what exactly is going on here. Well... And the question would be, even if the blood pact isn't broken, can they still actually fight against each other, right? Like they can't fatally wound each other, but they can certainly, I would think, fight against each other. Uh, The only reason why I would say that this is real is because, and again, trailers can obviously be very deceiving, but you get a very brief shot of uh, David Wong's character, like raising his wand it's almost like all of the wizards who are watching this happen around them, like go up to kind of defend whoever it is that they're rooting for. Cause I think ultimately what we're getting here is we're getting probably a gathering of international wizards, right? We talked about the international confederation of wizards and they're going to choose sides. Some will choose Grindelwald, some will choose Dumbledore. And I feel like when those two finally go after each other, maybe that's the moment where they're like, okay, well, we're going to protect whoever our guy is in this fight. I like that a lot because it would mean that Dumbledore is there in person as the opponent to Grindelwald. Like he he would have to, as a character, develop enough to be like, okay, I here I am. You all kind of have read about me. I am going to be this side of the argument. And Dumbledore in the last film was very much in the shadows, not willing to be that. But I would like it if in front of all these international wizards, he comes out and it's just like, okay, well, I'll actually champion the other side and give them an alternative. That would be a good character moment for Dumbledore. And it's interesting because as much as I love Jude Law and Crimes of Grindelwald as Dumbledore, I wonder if that wasn't still just like the winking and nodding Dumbledore versus what we have a chance of it being in this film, which is like the growth, like an actual turning point for the character. So now I just kind of got excited. Yeah, and looking back at it now, it's not just Dave Wong's character as Lu Tao. It's Maria Fernanda Candido as Vincencia Santos. She has a moment in that trailer too, where she looks like she's doing the exact same thing. Yusuf Kama is in there. She got a poster. She did get a poster. Um, So it's nice to see some of these new characters more prominently, um, even if it's only for like half a second to a second uh, in this trailer. Um, and then another new character who I believe also got uh, a poster was Helmet, um, mm-hmm. played by Alexander Kuznetsov. Apparently a very common German first name. Um, he actually has a bunch of books fly up in his face uh, at about 210 uh, into the trailer. But if he's being called out specifically, I think we can probably 
he seems like a henchman type or, or yeah mm-hmm. replacing what's his name somebody we know who saw a test screening of this saw that poster and said to me i saw the movie and i don't even know who that guy is and then we <laughs> saw him in the trailer so i feel like this shot may be one of the only shots we get of this guy i don't know or maybe uh, this person slept through the movie, but one of the what? Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. You go to a test screening, you're so excited, you miss entire. <laughs> you fall asleep, yeah. Well, the... <laughs> I mean, you miss important. The, the face blindness sets in. It's like fair. I'm just gonna focus on what Dumbledore does in this whole screening. Um, one thing I like about uh, all the Fantastic Beasts movies, including this shot that we're talking about with helmet in it, when the books fly up in his face, um, like two eleven ish is that magic can be made from the mundane. So like, it's kind of like a prank, almost like get these books to fly up in your face, whether it's distraction or something, but it's common everyday household objects being used magically to either like achieve a getaway or what I just like the, the practice of it's not always beams of light hitting people. Sometimes it's just like, Oh, I, I put a whole wall of books to like, they're going to fly at you. These canaries are going to try and tear your face off. Yeah. Like here, like, I just love the use of ordinary muggle objects being enchanted for a quick getaway because that strikes me as being a very like street brawly type of magic. That's really exciting. Yeah. One of the books actually says have a fiesta in a bottle. So it's funny (laughs) that it kind of just like explodes out. And I think that's a decoy suitcase, by the way. So Uh this, this makes me think this is another seven potters moment. Why they have so many suitcases and they spread them out amongst everybody, the goodies. Yeah. But wait, but why do they want the suitcase? Something's probably in one of them. Are they trying to get the Obscurus? Oh. Ooh, maybe. 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 That is totally a briefcase. Yeah. That's a great catch. I didn't realize that. Dumbledore's secret is in one of the briefcases (laughs) and they're trying to pull a seven potters so you know they have a decoy so grindelwald can't find the right one he's like no there's there's a secret in every suitcase but one of them's like how in third grade he cheated on a math test and the other one's gonna be like i loved gellert grindelwald and one is how to have a fiesta in a bottle in a bottle (laughs) yeah yeah so let's talk about the manticore really quickly um the next kind of two scenes play into it at about 213 we see this beast it's a highly dangerous Greek beast with the head of a man, the body of a lion, and the tail of a scorpion. We see mostly the tail of the scorpion. Um, It's as dangerous as the chimera and as rare. The manticore is reputed to croon softly as it devours its prey. Manticore skin repels almost all known charms, and the sting causes instant death. Uh Uh-oh. Right after this, we see Theseus kind of wrapped in the tail of the manticore, free-falling a la Dumbledore from the astronomy tower. So not a good look for Theseus. It does not bode well, because even if he's being pulled down by the manticore and Newt can save him, if he's been stung, he's not going to make it. Presumably. Right. Unless there's a phoenix nearby. Uh, I was going to oh. say. Oh, that's phoenix. two Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> is it it's not two chambers secrets just a me. smidge i maybe <laughs> it perfect. is but that's all the more reason for them to do something like that in this series hey it could be some ring theory like they're really <laughs> leaning heavily on half-blood mm. prince imagery at the beginning of this trailer 
Maybe we get some Chamber of Secrets imagery mm-hmm. with the Phoenix. I like that. I was thinking with the with the words on the mirror that it's very I am Tom Riddle, Tom Marvelo. Oh, you know, I am Lord Voldemort. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I'm going to use those letters in my uh, Wordle guesses tomorrow. Can't wait. (laughs) One of the last new shots, at least I don't remember this from the first trailer, is Dumbledore watching who looks like Fox as Fox is flying away. It's a pretty cool shot. It's almost like a dream sequence because it's so dark. Dumbledore is just staring as Fox is flying at something. I love this shot. I just love seeing Dumbledore watch his bird do something it looks like he's got some task ahead of him he appears stunned or transfixed or something like dumbledore is just like kind of caught off guard almost it looks i can't wait to see how the phoenixes are involved and (laughs) like or foxes talking about phoenixes that look rough this one definitely looks like it's about to uh be reborn yeah very similar appearance to the uh one laura was looking at earlier with the the embers kind of coming off of it it looking looking like it's burning to an mm-hmm. extent. And then it cuts to the title of the movie. And Laura, uh, Secrets of Dumbledore, Water Phoenix behind it again. So they are still interested in their water imagery. But in the posters, it's definitely fire, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But doesn't that fire play the water. alchemy piece as well? Two opposing elements. Yeah. Mm. Did any of you think too when they said things are not quite what they appear? Like my mind immediately went back to the end of the last movie. Yeah. Yes. Which we're all hoping we get some explanation to. Or maybe that's a little nod to <laughs> Bunty is actually Tina. Oh. <laughs> More on that next week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very end, we we spoke about this earlier in today's episode. There's a shot, I feel like it's from the very end of the movie. Jacob says to Dumbledore, can I keep this wand? There's also a shot, and this looks like it's from earlier in the movie. Dumbledore says to Jacob, I trust you're enjoying your wand, Mr. Kowalski. (laughs) This was the moment where the world's best, that's what she said, happened. Uh, Meg and I watched this. It was just, she's like, that's what she said. Trust you're enjoying your wand, Mr. Kowalski. (laughs) Well, yeah, he... Yeah, he does st- seem to be doing some magic. We we get a look at Jacob casting a spell. I th- well, not casting a spell. He's probably hitting a button on the wand and it's <laughs> conjuring a spell for him. But it does seem to do something. We were speculating maybe the wand doesn't do anything at all, but it does seem to do something. I think it's a fake out. You don't I, think I the can't... wand can do anything? Yeah, I mean. It's hard for me to imagine why, if the wand is pre-programmed with spells, why would that be one of them? A storm cloud? <laughs> Chaos at dinner? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what? So I- You ever want to get out of a dinner party? Hey, listen, you ever go to a dinner party and you and you see your ex is there and you're like, oh shit, I got to peace out. <laughs> wow. Because Queenie's there looking specific. at him. Yeah. yeah and she, she looks was... kind of proud of him too, in like it's... a weird way. Her look is indiscernible to me. Like I can't. I feel like there's a little bit of like a a smirk there, but her eyes are just like driving into him. If we're meant to assume that that's who she's looking at, we can't tell for sure. But I just I feel like there's no way Jacob's doing magic or that that wand would have that spell pre-programmed in it. Why? (laughs) I feel like there's some other explanation. 
Or if Queenie is still in that trance-like state you're talking about, it would explain why she does look like she's there, but not really there. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask about, I know we talked a little bit about the end scene with everybody kind of sitting behind Dumbledore and, and Jacob, but who is between Dumbledore and Jacob? It looks like Tina. Oh, you are right. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that was like Bunty. It looks more like Lita to me. Nah. Well, the Bun- way the hair is like Bunty more looks round. Like she's over to the right in the green. Oh yes. Yep. Maybe it's McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a green the, cloak. The hair color looks like Bunty's hair color. The person in like the burgundy type coat. That could be anyone, really. But it looks Lita like Tina's Tina? hair to me. Yeah. So w- I think this person who saw the movie did say Tina makes an appearance. It's just a small one. Why? I'm shocked there wasn't an <laughs> when announcement. When the polyjuice comes, wears off. <laughs> but but we see Tina and Bunty in the shot, maybe. Or is that Queenie on the right? Could be. So I think that's it for the trailer. I think so. At least for now. Until we At watch it now. another 50 times and we come back and we're like, oh my God, guys, guess what I <laughs> and saw? And Laura plays it back at 0. .001 <laughs> speed on YouTube. So our plan is to do uh, like feedback episode next. Yeah. So submit your feedback, listeners. And if you caught anything that maybe we didn't or you have any theories about anything we discussed today, send it in. Mugglecast at gmail.com is how you can email us. We also have the contact form on mugglecast.com. You can also send a voice memo to mugglecast at gmail.com. Just record a message using the voice memo app on your phone and email that to mugglecast at gmail.com. Or you can call us on our phone line. One nine two zero three Muggle. That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. My closing thought on the trailer is that I was expecting this trailer to actually dive into Dumbledore's backstory. I was expecting Ariana. I was expecting some clear flashbacks, maybe to Youngle Yumber <laughs> Youngle Dor Young Dumbledore. Youngle We didn't get any of that. Well, that would suggest that this movie actually has something to do with its title. Yeah. And I feel like that's a stretch. That's a crackpot theory at this point. No, no. I think, you know, they got to hide certain things. So maybe they just wanted to hide all of that. We still have no clue what the secrets are going to be in this movie that are going to be revealed. And they better be revealed. And it's like, Dumbledore, you have so many secrets. And he's like, don't worry, I'll tell you everything. (laughs) Next movie. (laughs) In five years from now. Yeah, I agree, especially with the title cards interspersed. I mean, the title cards literally like his secrets. Yeah. It's like no hint about what they are. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing. Well, the the person who wrote the title cards is a totally different department than the person that edited (laughs) all this footage together. (laughs) Yeah, there's a disconnect. Uh, One hand does not know what the other is doing. (laughs) Exactly. Like an octopus. Anybody else want to get something in before next week's episode? Yeah, Yeah. I'll just say quickly, I feel like, because I did go back and watch the trailers for the first Fantastic Beasts and Crimes of Grindelwald, and I feel like this story at least feels like it's showing us a more linear story than what we got in the last film. Like, it's very clear they're uniting to go to this, you know, event confederation of wizards 
and they're pulling some kind of seven potters like dupe suitcase situation to try and overtake Grindelwald, stop him from doing something like that seems very clear to me. Whereas when you watch the trailer for Crimes of Grindelwald, I was like, what is this? What what are they talking about? So I feel positive about that. But I feel like there's still too many characters in this dang movie. Yeah, I'm surprised by how many there are, but okay. How many posters they made? I know, just like, there's 18. 18. 18, yeah. but not 18, uh. <laughs> but um, I, overall, I really like the trailer. It gets me excited to, to go see this film. Um, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but a friend of mine who is a casual Potter fan actually has... Um, a movie podcast, which I know I've mentioned before. Everyone's a real critic. They're going to be talking about Crimes of Grindelwald coming up. I think I'm going to join them for that. Um, But um, this actually tied in because Eric, you said this totally kind of unsolicited, but they had very similar feedback to what you said earlier on from an X-Men standpoint. Um, And I'll just read like a little bit of this, but their thoughts were they're replaying the hits of the last book, meaning Deathly Hallows, Similar looking storyline almost reminds me of the old X-Men movies where Magneto and Professor X are pitted against each other. Bad guy wants to kill humans. The other half with superpowers have empathy for humans. There you go. So this is from your kind of average fan who's not, you know, crazy into it at the level we are. It does speak to the ongoing minimization of Newt and his beasts. Well, that was the point he felt that you had the opportunity to really kind of create this new character, new lore within the Harry Potter world and tie it into, you know, big events. Sure. But it feels like now the big events are taking over the actual story. When watching this trailer, the first thing I said was this would be actually a great trailer for a great movie uh, set in like middle of a European war in the forties in the wizarding world if it wasn't trying to be a Fantastic Beast film, like this this trailer is for a very good movie that has nothing to do with Fantastic Beasts. Um, the second takeaway I had, though, was just how much this trailer does rely on Jacob for the comical beats and our heartbeats. Like, I think that they know, the people who made this trailer know that Jacob actually, as a character, has our hearts. So that's why every 30 seconds he makes a weird sound out of his throat and is like, ha, or something. And it's just like, oh, I'm hooked again. Here's this character. That struck me as being very intentional to break in like the Jacob happy beats. Yeah. Well, to your point about the minimization of Fantastic Beasts, I mean, look at the title card. Fantastic Beasts is like this big on the title card. And then it's like the secrets of Dumbledore. Like that is the title of this movie. Well, how big is the font that says from JK Rowling? Because if it's smaller than Fantastic Beasts, we have something somebody to complain about. It's It's pretty big. It's It's pretty pretty big. big. Yeah, Yeah, look, I get why they're doing it. And it's going to be fascinating to me to see how this movie does at the box office. And we've heard that they're taking a pause between movies three and four. And my theory is they're going to wait to see how well-received movie three is before deciding to do about movie four and or movie five. Will they move it to TV? Will they just do one more movie? Will they do no more movies? Hopefully that's not 
what's going to happen. I mean, on one hand, if they do no more movies, they could just move on to something entirely new and that could be exciting. But I think we want to see this story play out. But that would also mean that you would need a satisfying enough ending from this movie if in fact they don't plan or are put in yeah. a position where they can't move the franchise forward. Right. I think worst comes to worst, they would just do one more movie and maybe it would be an HBO Max exclusive and maybe it would be shorter. Maybe it would be 90 minutes instead of like two and a half hours. Do we know the runtime on this yet? I don't think so. And do we know if they're going to release it on HBO Max in addition no. to- No. I okay. really wish they would. I would. I do too. We haven't seen them in huge hundred point font go exclusive to theaters. No, but, yes, they have. They the, oh, they the have? promotional stuff is only in theaters. The posters and Ugh. yeah, yeah. I don't well, want to go to theaters to see this movie. WB committed to all of their 2021 movies being released day and date on HBO Max, same day as theatrical. They haven't done that with anything here in 2022. That was one year only. Um, they they have committed to a smaller release window, so uh, exclusivity window in theaters. So this movie will be on HBO Max 45 days after the April 15th release. That's a lot smaller of a window than what it used to be. So yes. we will be able to watch this at home only a month and a half after it's released in theaters. That's nice for us. We'll be able to do a movie commentary pretty subtitles. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Subtitles, staring at every little shot, et cetera, et cetera. You know, one final thought on the shots. They seem more colorful. This go around. Yeah. This trailer really does actually have a lot of color in it. I'm surprised for David Yates. Maybe they fired the last uh, cinematographer, but yeah, it looks good. Yeah. And it looks yeah. hopeful. Mm-hmm. One other thing I was just going to add to is I was thinking about this earlier when we mentioned that random character that you said a person who went to the movie didn't really remember yeah, seeing helmet. him at all. Yeah. Helmet. Uh, Remember, they got rid of Abernathy too and his character. Yeah. And I wonder oh, if this funny. is a replacement character for him. He had some issues as well um, along the lines of Johnny Depp. So there's a there's a void in like Grindelwald's male henchman type character. Right. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. And we'll do more analysis next week. We'll get feedback from listeners. Listeners, don't forget to send in your feedback. And we'll also discuss the new version of Cursed Child. One of our friends saw the new and improved Cursed Child. She saw it in San Francisco. She's going to join us next week. So next week, we'll talk about this new version of Cursed Child. And we'll talk about, we'll talk more about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Also, we mentioned this earlier in the episode. Earlier this week, we released a new bonus MuggleCast installment on our Patreon. Some of the alternate Crimes of Grindelwald titles registered by Warner Brothers were revealed, and some of them are insane. I don't know what they were thinking. They're rough. And we we laughed and cried over them, and uh, we supported the good ones. So you can check out our thoughts on those alternate Crimes of Grindelwald titles at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. We currently do a bonus MuggleCast installment once a month. We're um, coming up with a lot of fun ideas for the year ahead. So pledge now, patreon.com slash MuggleCast. You can also pledge for a year up front. And if you do that, you will receive a 10% discount for committing to a year. 
by the way, existing patrons, you can actually upgrade to that annual subscription so um, you can get that 10% discount as well. Uh, you get so much on our Patreon. You get the bonus MuggleCast installments. You get ad-free MuggleCast. You get access to our live streams and listener communities. You get behind-the-scenes looks at the show um, and so much more, including physical gifts. So patreon.com slash MuggleCast. We couldn't do this without your support. So thank you, everybody. By the way, if you can't support us through Patreon, we uh, we appreciate A, your listenership, B, you sharing the show with your friends, sharing the show on social media, and also using the promo codes that we give out when we're talking about our advertisers. They're all great companies. We support them. We love them. And uh, you can help us out by using those promo codes and links. All right. No quizzes this week because we have a weird recording situation going on. It's timey-wimey. Quizzish <laughs> will return. Maybe next week. The interim <laughs> quizzes question is, what's your favorite part in the trailer? Email us. There you go. Perfect. Two other reminders. Make sure you're following the show for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and leave us a review if they allow allow you to. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Our username is MuggleCast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.